2023 NFL Draft has concluded. NFC, who are the winners? Who are the losers? We have draft grades next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On NFL Draft family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You know where you can find me at DP underscore NFL on Twitter. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, with me, my boy, my brother, Mr. Champ himself from LSU, Keith Sanchez at the Talent Code on Twitter. Keep talking to him, baby. Yes, sir. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network. Yes, 2019 national champ. Yes, those LSU Tigers, man. But DP, while we're here, baby, we're here to continue to bring championship-level content around it. The NFL draft, right? It don't stop, DP. It continues. The draft is 24-7, every day, all day, man. But we're, we're you know, we're post-draft, right? We're post-draft, and we we had opportunity to to grade the draft. So we coming up, man, we're going to go through, and we're going to analyze each team in the NFC, right? Like, go through, hand them out their grades, and, and we're going to kind of make decisions, right? Are these guys contenders, pretenders, hand out the grades, what we like, what we don't like, uh, getting into it, man? But look, DP, we're going to start it off with the NFC East, man. We have to start off with the Philadelphia Eagles Um, and talk about the rest of the teams in the NFC East. Where do you want to start with with the um, with the Philadelphia Eagles? First of all, my grade for the Philadelphia Eagles, man, I give them my A, Keith. I give them a straight up A. You came into this thing, you did exactly what you needed to do. Their best pick was Jalen Carter. Um, you know, at nine nine overall, they moved up one spot with the Chicago Bears. Why did Chicago trade out of that spot when Jalen Carter was on the board? Don't really know. But the fact of the matter is that Jalen Carter is a Philadelphia Eagle, and he was arguably if not the best defensive player or just player in the draft, but he was the best defensive tackle with, in my opinion, he has a higher ceiling than even a Will Anderson Jr. So getting him, he was the best pick, uh, the pick that I don't even know if there's any picks that really left me scratching my head. I, I would say, okay, not scratching my head, but like the Tyler Steeman was interesting because just, you know, I feel like they're preparing for Lane Johnson's departure whenever his yeah. contract's up and everything. And, you know, I, we, we both like Tyler Steen. I feel like with Tyler Steen, like the shorter arms could be a little bit of an issue, but he has everything else that you want in the tackle. He has ideal height, weight, you know, power, movement skills. So uh, I, I don't hate that pick at all. Uh, like I said, maybe you could have gotten a little later, but I don't really care. I don't really have a problem with any of their picks, even getting Tanner McKee in the sixth round. That's like a backup backup QB for Jalen Hurts. So, like I said, they get an A for me, Keith. Yeah, I, I obviously give them an A, right? They continue to kill it. And, you know, you talked about it, right? You, you said that the Philadelphia Bulldogs, the, the, the Georgia <laughs> Eagles, right? Like, it's, it's, yes. it's just amazing, man, how they continue to just go to the same pipeline. It's almost what the Washington Commanders did, um, you know, years ago, you know, when they continued to draft a defensive lineman. And, I mean, running back, right, they went so heavy with Alabama. So it's almost going to be a, a Alabama versus Georgia uh, battle in the NFC East. So, I, I like I said, man, you give up the best pick. I think their best pick, obviously, was Jalen Carter, him being able to fall to them. 
Uh, but I, I actually like the, the Tyler Sting pick, though, because I think this guy with a lot of potential that can play some yeah. high-level football. And you asked me that the most questionable pick to me was Tanner McKee. I know they got him in the sixth round, but I still question from the perspective of he doesn't fit what they do, right? Like yeah, you, if, if Dalen Hurts goes down, then you have to restructure the entire offense if Tanner McKee is your backup quarterback. So that was that was my only issue with the Philadelphia Eagles was the Tanner McKee pick. But, man, look, who do you want to go to next, man? We got the Dallas Cowboys. We have the, the Commanders. We, we have the Giants on deck. You know what? Let's go with the Giants, DP. Uh, the, the New York Giants, they, they you know, in, in my opinion, they had a, a solid draft. I don't I don't know if it was great. They had a couple questionable things. If I had to give them a grade, I would probably go with a, a, a C plus. I thought it was I thought it was oh, I thought it was solid. You know, I'll bump it up. I'll bump it up. I'll bump it up to a B. I think it was a solid B. I like Deontay Banks. Um, I think their best pick was getting John Michael Schmitz, the best interior offensive lineman in this class, being able to get him. Um, and, you know, kind of solidify the interior of that offensive line. They have the two booking tackles that they hope, you know, take the next step. And then the most questionable pick, I will probably say Jalen Hyatt. And, and not to knock him and kill him, right, but it's more so he's another smaller frame guy in this receiver core that already has smaller guys. I thought they would attack some bigger frame guys, bigger wide receivers like a Cedric Tillman. Xavier Hutchison, you know, wide receivers like that. So that was probably my two things. Like I said, I give them a B. I was going C plus, but I'm gonna give them a B because uh, I like the top half of the draft. And then that that was my most questionable in in you know the pick I like. Yeah, no, uh, I'm I'm in lockstep with you. B uh, is where I was leaning as well. You know, the John Michael Smith's pick in the second round. I love getting Deontay Banks in round one, but I think what makes the Jalen Hyatt pick so I guess frustrating is that Cedric Tillman was the very next pick. He was selected right after Jalen Hyde. And it's like you said, adding more size. Yes, I know you got Isaiah Hodgins, you, 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 who, who was a kind of a breakout star for you last year. Um, you know, it came out of nowhere. Um, after spending some time on the Bills practice squad, but also then getting um, Darren Waller via, via trade. So, yeah, he's your kind of center size power forward, right? Like he could play that big man in the paint for you. But why not give him another give him another big man, another running mate in a Cedric Tillman who could play on the outside and really, like you know, my phrase, make him cover every blade of grass. And don't get it twisted with a Jalen Hyatt, you're gonna cover every blade of grass. But I would like for a quarterback like Daniel Jones, I feel like a Cedric Tillman is better for him. A guy that can erase those kind of accuracy issues. Aaron throws, and, and, yeah. Right, yeah, you know, Eric throws, especially on the outside, the body control can play above the rim. The back shoulder fades. I feel like that would have been better because I don't know. Yeah, they're going to run the ball with Saquon and everything, Keith, but I do have some concern in terms of are they going to be able to really maximize Jalen Hyatt? Because I, I don't know. Outside of like maybe Sean McVay and, and, and Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid, I don't know how many OCs. Don't, don't get me wrong. Brian Dayball is one of the best. But I just think for, for Jalen Hyatt to be maximized, it's going to take a, some unconventional stuff similar to what we saw down in Tennessee with Josh Heupel. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I agree. So they they, they did solid, right? But there was still a couple things that, you know, you question with their draft, but it should be enough to propel them forward. I feel like they should be able yeah. to take steps forward with this draft, man. So what, next up, DP, we have the Washington Commanders, right? Our guy, Ryan Fowler, he was sweating bullets up there. Um, They they decided to go heavy with the early on with, with corners, right? Corners, DBs, they went Emmanuel Forbes, a playmaker. Then they went Quad Martin, a guy that plays that slot, safety, corner row, uh, versatile defensive back and, and I appreciate it 
appreciated it, I think, because they needed to add team speed on the back end, right? Like, they needed some more versatility. Uh, but the back end of their draft, I, I, there were names that I thought were okay, I didn't necessarily love. The Chris Rodriguez um, and Brian Robinson, I think that's almost redundant. And and Chris Rodriguez is probably a lesser version of, of Brian Robinson, in my opinion. So if I had to give them, I would give, I would give them a C plus. Like I, I think, you know, they didn't lose, right? But they didn't necessarily win the draft either. So I would give them a C plus. I think the best pick is there. Um, I think the, let's say this, the most surprising pick will be Quad Martin because that's the name that people don't know. Uh, that second round pick, he'll come in there. I think that's the pick that'll end up being really good for them that came out of nowhere. And then if you ask me the most questionable pick, it'll, it'll obviously be the Chris Rodriguez pick because, like I said, I think it's redundant. They could have got aggressive like the Giants did and went after Eric Gray, and I thought that would have been a nice one-two punch for them. No, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I'm I'm gonna give them a little little bit more just because of the players, some of the players I do like today and how they structure their draft. I give them a B minus, Keith. Um, you know, getting Emmanuel Forbes at 16, I love. You know, Jartavius Quad Martin uh, was was a good pick. Like I said, it kind of caught our our guy, our guy Fowler, Fowler off guard when the when the pick came in. He's like, man, we got you know we got safeties. I'm like, nah, he's probably gonna play more of a nickel uh, corner type of role, kind of hybrid. Um, you know, what I mean, give you more more flexibility in the back end. I really like the Ricky Stromberg pick to to improve that center position and give Chase Roulier uh, a, a battle in camp, right? Uh, especially for a team that wants to run the ball and he and, and Stromberg come from that run heavy offense in Arkansas. But the the kick the, the the pick that I really love, you know, in terms of you know value where he was drafted and then what it could mean for them long term was KJ Henry. From from Clemson, right? Getting the edge yeah. rusher, yep. especially not picking up Chase Young's fifth year option, Keith. I think that that says a lot. Um, you know, and like I said, the, the pick that I really I, I just did not get down with was the Chris Rodriguez pick. I felt like that running back room needed some more juice. Jaden McKissick's not there anymore. Yes, you have Antonio Gibson, you know, AG, but you know, are you really gonna like buy into to building him up as that pass catching that explosive back out of the backfield, uh, Eric Gray or someone, you know, just more juice, man, get more speed, get more speed. I, I just don't see uh, Chris Rodriguez is a slow plot plotting back. He may be a, a, maybe similar to Tyler Algier who we just saw the Atlanta Falcons said, screw it. We're going to draft a court, a running back at eight and replace you. You know what I mean? So I just didn't understand that pick at all. But I give him a, I give him a B minus. I give him a B minus. I like some of the stuff they did. I give him a B minus. Okay, well that's solid. That's solid. Look, we got to finish up with those Dallas Cowboys, man. The Dallas Cowboys. Um, they did a Dallas Cowboys esque draft, right? I think the Dallas Cowboys either one or two things. Like they're overly aggressive. And then they're like extremely conservative. That that's how I feel, right? Like I, I don't think they press the right buttons when they're when like just being mildly aggressive, right? They either over right. the over the top or it's, it's a real um, you know, passive approach. And I think this is more of a, a passive approach, like especially if you're trying to take that next step. Um, so going Mozzie Smith, everyone knows I like Loon Schoolmaker. I think this is that like that's their best pick. If you ask me, Luke Schoolmaker, I think he's gonna be an instant difference maker in this offense. Uh, then you ask me to look at something that didn't make sense. I would probably say Deuce Vaughn from the perspective of you have a running back already, right, in in, in Pollard that's going to be your slasher. And we always talked about they need a complimentary piece as far as a running back. So I don't think Deuce is a complimentary piece to them, right? Like, and I love the story, love the kid, think he has potential, you know, can play football in the NFL. I just don't know if it necessarily add up. So I give them a C-plus also. I think I'm being a tough grader, but it is what it is. I give them a C-plus. They address the interior defensive line. 
with Mozzie Smith in the first round, but I like the Luke Schoolmaker pick. I think that's a guy that's going to have instant impact in his offense. Yeah, I give him a C, a C plus you know, myself. Um, Keith, the only thing for me is I honestly would have swapped pick two and three uh, in terms of where they were drafted. I, you know, I like Luke Schoolmaker as well, but I, I feel like DeMarvin Overshone is, has a higher upside as a player. And then that, I just love that pick for what they, what that means for dropping Micah back down is more and more towards the edge. You know what I mean? I absolutely love that for their defense. Um, you know what I mean? And, and then they went and got a Fahoko Velami Fahoko Jr. I think I pronounced that right from San Jose State. You know, high motor, high octane guy who knows how to get after the passer. Um, but yeah, the Deuce Vaughn one definitely was kind of a little bit of a head scratcher. But like you said, you don't have a big body to, to compliment Tony Pollard. And it's like, that's what you would have assumed that you would have went with. But, you know, they didn't go that direction now. Granted, I'm pretty sure there's some big body uh, free agents out there. You know, Tavion Thomas out of Utah is probably available. And even some veterans that they can go and bring in. But if they do that and then use Deuce as potentially a returner and kind of a scat back, you know, a pass catcher, get his speed and, and, and quickness in space, it, it could work out for him. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was an interesting draft. I gave him a C plus. I almost gave him a C. But they, they did solid. They did all right. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, man. Look, so that wraps up the NFC East, man. But you know what we got to go to, man? We got to transition to the Kings of the North, man. We're going to talk about the NFC North. Um, They had some teams who have fairly good picks, right? And some that I was scratching my head, like, what the hell are we doing, man, throughout this entire draft? So coming up next, man, we're getting into that NFC North handout grades, talk about the best picks, questionable picks, um, and, and, and just the entire draft for them. Guys, if you're looking for a delicious snack and you don't want all the sugar and calories and you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever, that's Built Bar. You got to try this stuff. You won't regret it. If you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. The reason why, they're made out of 100% real dark chocolate that's right they're covered in 100 real dark chocolate you can get unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and my favorite cookies and cream i still have a few left from the trip uh from kansas city for the draft so tap into it it's only 130 uh, calories four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein so guys you can go to your local walmart uh you can go to your local sam's club or you can go to builtbar.com and use our promo code locked on 15 and you can get 15 percent off your next order the kings of the north keith yeah kings of the north baby let's start with those green bay packers the packers get a a plus plus right two pluses man they killed the entire draft <laughs> um man i'm gonna be be quick with this right they started off as lucas van ness as their first round which i thought i had question marks i'm like what are the packers doing man but they continue to just go they thrive they killed this draft man and if i had to pick I wouldn't even say my best pick, right? Because everyone knows, I, like, this was a Keith Sanchez pick. I mean, draft. Like, this, outside of Lucas Van Ness, this was, like, almost all my guys. So, if I had to pick, maybe, I, I don't know. Can I, I'm going to go two, right? Luke Musgrave, the tight end from Oregon State. And then I have to go with Kobe Wooden, the interior defensive lineman. I would venture to say that he's going to be, he could potentially be better than Lucas Van Ness, their first-round pick. Um, questionable picks, right? They don't, I don't see any questionable picks. The only question is, because they hit on all of their wide receiver picks, is 
what wide receiver are they cutting, right? Like, right, that's the right. thing, man, because, man, getting Dontavian Wicks, right, when they was able to pick him up in the, what that was, the fifth round, and then the, the swing back and get Grant DeBose, right, a senior bowl guy in round seven. seven. I see both of those guys making this roster. So the only question is, is what wide receiver are they cutting because they killed it in this draft? A hundred percent, Keith, and I, I'll pick out two two of my favorite out of this out of their draft. I love their entire draft, but for me, it was um, you know, you you mentioned my boy Kobe Woods, so I'm not going to double down there, even though I love him and uh, and that's one of my guys. But Jaden Reed in the second, and then getting also another one of my guys at corner, Carrington Valentine in the seventh round, Keith, a, a, a highly athletic young man who I think was you know with Jai, uh, Jair Alexander being there, he's very to me in terms of style and athleticism and everything is very similar. He's just much more raw because he only played three years at corner. I think Jair could be a big help for this young man taking the step if he's able to make this roster because uh, they need some more. They, they do need cornerback help. Uh, the one pick I will say that, that left me scratching my head and I feel like it was useless was round five picking Sean Clifford. Like, you know what I mean? That was – he was one of the yeah, – be honest, he's one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever watched. Like, truthfully. Like, it was very – I'm not going to should go with that. This kid was – it was rough on tape. And again, in the fifth, like you got Grant DeBose in the seventh, you could have swapped those. You could have got Clifford in the seventh. You probably could have got Clifford after the draft, but man, like you said, A plus plus, man. Whoever's on the roster outside of Christian Watson, I think at receiver, you know, better come to Kent ready to fight. That's the only thing I can take. Come yeah. to Kent ready to battle, man. Now, I agree, man. So let's, let's transition to the monsters of the midway. Talk about those Chicago Bears, man. And I, I give the Chicago Bears. A B minus because I think like I, I say they tried. That that's how I feel, right? Like they tried. Um, they started off with Darnell Wright in the first round, drafting an offensive tackle, which I this is a pick I agree with, right? And you're talking about you know which ones we like the most. We're going to question get Justin Fields more help, right? And and help comes in playmakers, and it also comes in, along the offensive line being able to protect them. So I totally agree with that pick. The questionable pick for me, DP, is Tyreek Stevenson in the second round. This is a guy that I had a fourth round grade on. Um, I like his upside as a player right but I thought there were inconsistencies there and when you're drafting the guy in the second round he's he's going to be starting for you um I just didn't see the value in that pick in that position so I like I said I give the Bears B minus they tried I think they made good efforts with Justin Fields and those are the pick that I like and the pick that I had the most questions about no I I, I give him um so you gave him a B minus you said yeah they get a C plus for me. Like I, I, I really wasn't rocking with this draft much at all. Too. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I, 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 as much as I love Darnell Wright, and you know, I met Tyree Stevenson, really like his upside and love the kid. He's got the right attitude. He's made up of the right stuff. You know what I mean? But um, that for, it started for me in round one. Jalen Carter standing you in the face, and unless you just really, you don't trust that he's gonna work out in in your city. You know what I mean? Like you feel like there's like they're, they're off the field and, stuff and like that. That had to be what it was because you could tell that interior defensive line was a need, right? Because he right. went back to back interior defensive linemen with Zach Pickens and Gervon Dexter. And that's what that's what frustrates the life out of me, Keith. Because you pick two toolsy but highly inconsistent, highly inefficient uh, D tackles in college when the best D tackle by far was staring you right in the face at nine, and you traded back. And great, I like Darnell Wright. This was a little high for me, but I like Darnell Wright. But getting Gervon and Zach Pickens, um, those two were probably the two questionable picks for me because it's just like you're betting on your coaching staff getting the best out of them and unlocking them from a mental standpoint to be consistent because we know consistency a lot of times is a mental thing. So you're hoping that you can unlock that, Keith. But if you don't unlock that, 
Whew. C plus. Yeah, all right, cool. Well, look, let's 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 transition to those Minnesota Vikings, man. We had the Vikings up and their first round, right? They went Jordan Addison. We talked about it so much on this podcast, linking him up with Justin. They Jefferson. were listening. Yeah, they were listening, man. They definitely tapped in and they said, you know what? We're gonna listen to those guys, man. Uh then they, they decided to go with Jordan Addison in the first round. So, but my, my favorite pick of this draft is Jay Ward because I think when, once you transition from Harrison Smith, you have Lewis sign, you have Jay Ward out there, like even keeping Harrison Smith, right? Like you have such mm-hmm. a versatility on the back end of that defense. And we just talked about the Green Bay Packers with how many wide receivers they have. So you're going to have to be able to stop the pass, I think, in Jay Ward brings physicality. So I really like that pick. The most questionable pick for me with them is – and it's a round seven pick, right? But I think you could have gotten more aggressive in the Dwayne McBride situation. I, I think he's a short yardage back, a thumper. But when you're talking about complimentary pieces to Dalvin Cook, if that's what you were thinking, like I said, man, get more aggressive. You've seen running backs were flying off the board early, right? So – it was time to just go ahead and get your guy. So that was my best pick. That was the most questionable pick. Give the Minnesota Vikings looking at it. I it's a C for me. I think they did okay. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm around average with a C as well. You know, like I said, they listened about the Jordan Addison pick. The Makai Blackman. I think Keely Ringo was on the board. I feel like there were better corners available than Makai. That's the pick that that kind of left me scratching my head a little bit. But I do agree about the Dwayne McBride pick. Um, just because at the end of the day, if you and then there's been talk to them trading or cutting Dalvin Cook, Keith. So if that's the case, so it's Alexander Madison, Dwayne McBride. If so, I'm out on that backfield. I'm completely out. So uh, <laughs> just, I just I need some more. You you don't lose an explosive black back like 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 Dalvin Cook and replace him with more of a between the tackles thumper. I I just don't see it. Yeah, all right, cool. Look, we're about to transition to those Detroit Lions, DP, and, and 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 a team with a lot of momentum, right? People are trying to get excited about it, and they, they started all swinging, man. So you know you know me, DP. I've been a running back guy um, for this entire draft. Them getting ultra-aggressive going Jameer Gibbs in the first round. It's actually my favorite pick. I like it. Just go ahead, do it, and then I have a back. Can I have a backup favorite? Yeah. My backup favorite is Sam Laporta. Everyone knows yeah. Sam Laporta, Luke Schoolmaker. That was my two tight ends in this draft. Um, I think they did really good picking him up in the second round. Questionable pick. I don't really see too many questions, DP. I, I, I would I would say this. I, I would have liked that they addressed the wide receiver position a lot earlier. No, Jamison Williams is going to be out, right? So I, I, that would be my question is why didn't they address – the wide receiver position, but if you ask me for a grade, I think it was just a solid beat. They went after positions that, you know, aren't historically quote unquote um premium positions, right? But I think they addressed it team needs, like getting a running back, getting Jack Campbell. So I give them a B and that was my, you know, my most favorite I had two favorite picks from them. And then my most questionable thing was why didn't they, you know, address the wide receiver position with Jameson Williams? Oh man. Uh what I, I give them a B minus. Um I like the I like the, the the collection of names. And when we look at the names and the talent, like, oh yeah, it's really good. But selecting Jack Campbell at pick 18, now he could prove me wrong and become an all pro. He'll become Brian Erlacher, Keith. But that's the only way I'm gonna agree with this pick if he become Brian Erlacher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like at 18, man, like I, I feel like they moved, they moved back a few times. Getting you get Gonzo was there. Christian right. Gonzalez was there right there, man. And I, I just can't. I cannot like the, the the linebackers came off. There was a late run, you know, on, on day two. You could have gotten. I don't. I I really believe you could have gotten Jack Campbell in round two. 
You know what I'm saying, Keith? You know, at the top of the second. Uh, you know, and, and the Brian Branch pick, who's a really good player, athletically limited. And if you're going to play him at corner, I got concerns. He's got to be a nickel. He's not no actual yeah. corner that you're throwing outside against Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Things like, no, I'm not doing that. Or Christian Watson and think he's going to stay, stay step for step. And nah, man. So I, I give him a B. What is it? B minus. Um, like I said, I like the collections of names. Um, but that, that Jack Campbell pick, it just left a really, really wild like outlook for me. Because I'm just like, that was a reach. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. But I, I thought it was interesting with the draft. They went Jack Campbell early. And then yeah. it was a while before we seen another linebacker come off of the board. So maybe, I don't know, there's a consensus. and They, they out-hustled that, themselves. They out-hustled yeah, themselves. Yeah, maybe that was, right? They, they out-hustled themselves, out-thunk out, out it. Or maybe they knew the temperature in the room. I don't know. I, it, it confused me, though, for them to go Jack Campbell that early. But DP, man, we knocked out the NFC North, um, handing out grades, continue to hand out grades. Coming up next, man, we're going to get into the NFC West, and we're going to talk the NFC South. So we're going to go rapid fire on these last two divisions, um, handing out grades, talking about our best pick, talking about the most questionable picks, and handing out grades for these teams, see if they did good or, or how did they do throughout this entire draft. All right, Keith, what we got yeah, now we're starting with the West, baby. We're going okay. out West. So, yeah, we're going out West, man. And we're going to start with one of I, – I, I think this is starting to be like a Dame team, man, Um, the Seattle Seahawks. I, I think it's something about Seattle that you're starting to gravitate to um, over the past couple of years. And it may be their appreciation for, appreciation for running back. So, I'm going to start off, man. Obviously, they went Devin Weatherspoon in the first round. Then they was able to pick up Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um. So I would say Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably my favorite pick uh, for this for this class, right? Just being able to get another slot wide receiver, pairing him up with a veteran veteran quarterback, right? And then he has DK Metcalf out there. He has Tyler Lockett. So he doesn't have to have everything on his shoulders, man. So that's my, my best pick. Uh, most questionable pick is Zach Charbonnet in the second round. And even if you just look at this draft, <laughs> you could have drafted Kenny McIntosh in the seven. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny McIntosh beats – Zach Charbonnet out, not saying that Zach isn't a good football player, but I think they're very comparable in what they offer you as football players. So that that's my, my best pick. That's my most questionable. Looking at it, DP, but I have to give the Seattle Seahawks their credit, man. They did a hell of a job drafting, getting a guard like Anthony Bradford to continue to solidify this offensive line. I have to give them an A-. minus. I think they did a damn good job in this draft. They, they knocked out the park for the most part, Keith. You know, A- minus for me as well. The Zach Charbonnet pick is a pick that left me kind of wondering what are we doing because, like you said, you, you drafted Kenny Mac, you drafted uh, Kenny Mac Charles in, in the seventh, but you also drafted Kenneth Walker last year in the second who was one of the best rookies, and I think he was almost rookie of the year for the offensive side of the ball, if, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I didn't understand drafting another starting caliber back with the 20 sec, 21st pick in the second round. But, you know, Jack Smith and Jigba, um, you know, was – I'm not even going to say he was my favorite pick. Derek Hall was my favorite pick. Getting my guy, getting my dude from Auburn, man, getting some juice off that edge that he's going to help set the run um, you know, on the edge and, and really help kind of corral the run game, especially with that wide zone that they deal with with uh, San Fran, Keith, and then getting you know, Oluwatimi – uh, as, as, as more than likely their starting center. So I give them an A minus. Like I said, the, the Zach Charbonnet is a pick. If I could take away one pick and make them do it over, it's the Zach Charbonnet pick. Like pick something else. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? I agree. A yeah, minus. <laughs> well, look, man, let's transition to those those San Francisco 49ers, man. Looking at their class, they didn't have any first rounders or second rounders. So they had to, you know, make do with what they had in the, in with the, the third round through the seventh round. Um, I'm looking at the class, man. 
uh, most questionable pick has to be the kicker, Jake Moody, in the third round, just because I don't like putting that type of pressure on the kickers, man, because we've seen time and time again when they get drafted that high, they have pressure on them, and it usually doesn't work out. And that's the – well, I guess it usually doesn't, but, you know, there's still room for error, and you're talking about a third-round pick when you didn't have any first or second-round picks, so you needed those valuable picks. So that's my questionable pick. The pick that I like, if I'm looking at it, man, being able to get D winners in the sixth round, I think is a really good situation for them. He can sit behind, you know, Fred Warner and, and Dre Greenlaw, learn how to play football. So, you know, depending on what team, what situation, this is a guy that can play some nickel also, so he gets very versatile player. So uh, D winners is the pick that I like the most. Looking at it, I give them another C. I think I give them a C plus. I, I think it's okay. I don't love it. I think it's an okay draft for them. This is a clear C minus, and I'm being I'm being nice. Um, you know what I mean? I, I this just like you said, selecting the kicker top 100. Nah, that's not, that's outside of that's outside of my realm of possibilities, Keith. But the pick that I really like was the, especially for the value was Daryl Luter. Uh, from South of the Bama, the corner, who I talked to you about, I watched the tape. I really like this kid's game, you know what I mean? Be able to play press man. I think he's better in press man than he is in zone, but he can play both. And, um, you know, him and D went him. Matter of fact, him, Robert Beal, and D Winters. I think they got incredible value for a bunch of uh, guys that can come in and play different roles for their defensive, uh, their defensive system, especially the defensive front with Beal and Winters. Um yeah, the first three picks I didn't really I didn't really rock with it as much. Um, they get a C minus. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I feel like I didn't see a lot of your first three picks. I don't see difference makers. Like Jake Moody better be. Uh, what's my man from Baltimore? I don't forgot his oh, name now. Mr. Tucker. Yeah, he better be Tucker. Because if he ain't Tucker, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Okay, look, we we, we that was the San Francisco 49ers, man. But we, you know what we're going, DP? We're going to your part of your neck of the woods, man. We're going to those Arizona Cardinals, man, looking at their draft. That's what we're going to check them out. They started off right with the splash of trading out of the what the number three pick, then mm-hmm. trading back up to get Paris Johnson. They went Paris Johnson, BJ Angelari, Garrett Williams. So looking at this draft, man, I'll tell you my, my favorite pick from them is draft still, right? You talk about a still that's in round six being able to get Keytrail Claw cornerback from Louisville. I think this is a guy that's going to start. This guy's going to contribute. This guy's going to play a long time in the NFL. So that's my my most, I guess you quote my favorite pick, right? Them being able to get him. Uh, the most questionable pick, man, is is I would say is BJ Ajalari. And not that I question the player, but I question the situation. If you're going to have a four-down front, right? This is you're going to get the same results that you got out of him at LSU to where there was question marks against the run things like that he wasn't being able to use to the best of his ability um and you have Maje Sanders also who is kind of the same mode right like a speed rusher so that was the most questionable pick because I'm like okay how are y'all going to use B. Josh Lowry looking at their draft I think they recovered a little bit right to to where I feel like I could give them a C plus which is good for the Cardinals right they didn't hurt themselves it was a kind of a win type of you know situation for them with this draft Keith, I, I agree with you. I give him a B minus, but I think if 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 guys stay healthy, this could be a B plus type of draft. Just because, like I said, if you use BJ Ojulari, who I, I like the player, um, but you got to use him correctly in this four man front. Uh, I, I really like the pick up of Michael Wilson, getting some size in that receiver room. Um, you know what I mean? And especially the Keytrail Clark pick, Keith. Uh, the, but my favorite pick was Garrett Williams. I think he can. He's coming back off the ACL, but this was yeah. a guy that that's really, really talented in terms of coverage ability. I think he could be, step right on the outside, and Kim and Keytrail 
both can move around inside and out and really give you some uh, coverage flexibility, man. Then two guys who play with kind of dog mentalities, right? And, and I love that because they need that type of energy in the secondary and you know, in the defense. So I give them a B minus, but I think this could potentially become a B plus if, if everything uh, works out. These guys stay healthy. Yeah, I, I agree. I can see. I can see from that perspective. Look, we fin- wrap up the NFC West, man. We're gonna go to the Los Angeles Rams, DP. The Rams um, <laughs> didn't have a first round again, right? Like that. That's a that's a common theme for them. You know, they went all in to win a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl, right? And we're gonna start this off with the very top of the draft, man. Going Steve Avila in the second round. Um, then they they drafted your guys. I, I pretty much know where this is gonna go, um, and it's probably gonna be the same for both of us. Most questionable pick. Stetson Bennett, right? Go and get him in the fourth round. I don't know what they're thinking with that situation. You're moving on from Matthew Stafford. I don't know if Stetson Bennett has the tools. I think if you want to get a quarterback, you had to go back and get aggressive, right? You're used to that. I would have rather seen a Dorian Thompson Robinson, right? Somebody with some type of potential upside there. Um, and then so that was my most questionable pick. My favorite pick, I would say this, man, just getting good value would probably be it's it's tough, man. I'm going Byron Young, right? I'm, I'm going to say that being able to snatch him in the third round because I had a first-round grade on him, I, I really like Byron Young. I think you pair him up with Aaron Donald, he's going to get some one-on-ones. That's a good situation. No, I, I agree with you, Keith. Um, my grade for them is going to be – I actually give him a B-. minus. I like the collection of talent that they had, and, and they, they they understood that the edge was a, was a position to need. Getting Byron Young in the third, getting Nick Hampton, who you know I like as a DPR type of rusher in the fifth, then getting, um you know, uh, Oshawan Mathis in the sixth. They addressed the, the edge position heavily in this draft, Keith, and I love that. But I also love this, getting Steve Avila, going against Steve Avila at, at two, and then getting a potential, you know, one of my guys, a developmental guy, Warren McClendon, uh, Jr. out of out of Georgia, who could, who I believe has the skill set to play both tackle and guard. But if you kick him down at guard, you, him and, and the Vila could be two powerful physical dudes that can move bodies off the offensive line. Main thing with Steve Avila is if he fits that that zone scheme to a T. And of course, the worst pick that they made—I'm not even going to say the most question—the worst pick was Stetson Bennett in the fourth round. Man, I, if you pick him in six, Keith, I'm not tripping. But you pick him at fourth, you reach for this kid. Hey, I no, nah, I'm out. I'm out. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> All right, man. Let's go rapid fire through this NFC South, man. Uh, you know, obviously we can start with the Carolina. We want to start with the Carolina Panthers. No, no, we can start with the Panthers. Let's start with the Panthers, then, man. We're going to start with the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, you know, they went what? They went Bryce Young in the first round. They had the number one overall pick. They moved up. They got aggressive. Then they followed it up with Jonathan Mingo, DJ Johnson, Chandler Zavala. I would say this, man. I C plus for me. I I just I I think it's still very average. I don't feel much better about Bryce going to the Carolina Panthers post draft than I did pre draft. Right, I, I didn't see any weapons, and I told you this. Right, like they put it all on Jonathan Mingo, and what you better hope is that Jonathan Mingo is not Lavisca Chanel. Right, and that and that's what you're you're hoping for. So I I I think it's solid. Um, you got your franchise quarterback. I like Bryce Young, and he's holding the weight of this class. So like I say, I give it a, a C. C plus. There was nothing else that was super flashy and not too many difference makers. I think when you look at this draft, 
Yeah, I give it a C plus as well. You know, I like the I like you know Jamie Robinson, one of my favorite picks. I you know for the especially for the value that they got, man. I absolutely love you know that young man in his game. Chandler Savala, like you said, DJ Johnson was a reach to me. I think they reached massively for DJ Johnson. Um, even though they needed a, a, a edge opposite of Byron Burns, Brian Burns, I, I just did not see enough on tape to warrant this. Um, you know, for 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 DJ Johnson, but like like you said, I, I'm lockstep. I don't feel great about what Bryce Young is walking into and they don't have a first round pick next year, either Keith to go get a Marvin Harrison or, you know, one of these other talented receivers that should be selected in the first round of 2024, unless they make some moves and trade additional picks. And I just feel like it's getting dicey at that point. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I I think C plus is, is, is right. Yeah, so look, let's go to the who that nation, go with the New Orleans Saints, man. Looking at them, uh, they went Brian Brissett in the first round, then they went um, edge rush. I had to get that out. Edge rush, Isaiah Foskey, then Kendra Miller, man. My question mark, I have a lot of question marks, and so I'm going to start with the grade. I I, I almost give them a C minus. I Like, Saints and y'all, this is back-to-back years y'all have done this. Like, like y'all addressing position of needs, but it, and I agree with the position of needs. I just don't agree with the players, man. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I just don't. I, I just don't. Isaiah Foskey, Kendra Miller, Jake Hayner. Oh, I question all three of those. I, I honestly do. I think you will get some productivity. But in the slots that they selected them, right, Jake Hayner went in the fourth, could have been a sixth or seventh round. Kendra Miller went in the third, could have been a fifth round. Isaiah Foskey went in the second, the top of the second. I would have drafted him in the third round. And if I didn't get him, I would have been okay. So I, I question all three of those. My favorite pick, ah, that's the question mark about this. I would go to Nick Sal- Saldivari, right? The interior offensive lineman for Old Dominion. Yes, that's how I feel about this draft, that I got to go to interior offensive lineman from Old Dominion um, as my favorite pick. And like I said, a, a C, C minus C. Like, that's all I can say is C, C. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, uh, I I agree with you, though. I think my, fir- my favorite pick, I think Brian Brzee, you know, talent could be first round but tape and everything else was second round scream second round to me um i, I think foskey foskey I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two of my favorite picks was foskey in the second getting that, that another edge rusher who could play the run and you could continue to develop with his hands and hopefully develop because you haven't done a great job of that with the past couple guys you, that you drafted and getting at perry in the sixth round a big long uh, ball catching, you know, uh, ball ball competitor uh, at the receiver position down that could work down the field, give you some stuff after the catch. I think that's good value for him, especially you know with the if Michael Thomas ever returns to form to being a top, at least top twelve receiver. You don't got to be top ten, but top twelve, top fifteen, and his offense could really be humming. But at least getting the back of it because of a big body. Uh, the pick I really, really, really struggle with was Kendra Miller in the third. I felt like that was a guy you could get in the fifth. Um, I think Tank Bigsby was a better better player. There were better backs if you weren't going to address the running back position. But I do like Kendra Miller. Yeah, okay, cool. Look, let's transition, DP. We're transitioning to the Atlanta Falcons, ATL, man. So started off, man, They what they said, they said we're going running back in top 10 with B. John Robinson. They followed that up with Matthew Bergeron. Um, looking at this draft, I, I – Think it's solid. Don't love it. I thought it was a commitment to a style that they're trying to do. They were very active in free agency, right? So I think they just tried to fill a couple more holes and just identify players they wanted and went that way. Um, I'm going to go, obviously, my favorite pick, B. John Robinson in the first round. I think that's 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 easy, right? And then with the question mark pick, 
they're not really question. I think they drafted guys in appropriate areas, right? So I don't really have a question mark. Um, just where you're going to use Zach Harrison because I'm not sure if they're going to transition from 3-4 to 4-3. And we know that, you know, Zach Harrison is a long, lengthy guy. Just trying to see where he's going to fit in all of this. Yeah, I give this draft a C minus. I absolutely did not like this draft. The best pick to me, I was, you know, of course, Bijan. Um, but I, I love getting Clark Phillips in the fourth. You know what I mean? That that corner, they need some help in the cornerback room. So I, I I really like that pick and the value of what you got, where you got him because he's a ball, he, highly competitive, great ball skills, great in coverage. He's just not the – he doesn't have all the size to play on the outside. But, you know, I rock with that pick. Uh, the, the question we picked to me was Matthew Bergeron, Keith. Uh, I, I felt like they could have gone corner early. They could have still addressed the edge with a true edge. A, guy, a, By, a Byron Young was available. You know what I mean? You could have gotten a Byron Young or so you could have gotten somebody else that could really win off the edge. We have not seen that from Zach Harrison. So, again, you're hoping for the best. I'm not doing that. So, uh, C-minus for the Atlanta Falcons. I, this screams like – I'm going to say this, Keith, and people might take the hot take. We fast forward a year from now, there might be some changes in Atlanta. I just foresee it. Yeah, you feel passionate about that. <laughs> so look, DP, we're gonna finish up with the Tampa Bay Bucks, man, going through our NFC um, you know, draft grades, right? Handing out draft grades. We're gonna start with finish with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm sorry they went Kalaja Kansi in the first round, Cody Mott, Yaya Diaby. This is another C draft for me. Like I, I thought it was okay. I I get I get drafting Kalaja Kansi with Vita Vea. There's anywhere you want to put the smallest defensive lineman with the biggest defensive lineman, right? So putting with Vita Vea makes sense. So I would probably go. That's probably my favorite pick, and then the most questionable pick. Uh, looking at it, I don't think it was any questions. I, I just. Think the player probably paying Durham. I don't know how much this guy is gonna help you. I, that, 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 yeah, that, that's that's my biggest question mark. It's paying Durham, so it's another C draft. I'd like, and if it sounds repetitive for the NFC South, it's because they did a lot of C things, in my opinion. So I would give them a <laughs> uh, give them a C. I give them a C as well, Keith. I, I you know the Kalaja Kansi pick grew on me, and I think understanding that you know I, the, the one the my biggest thing was Will Levis has fallen. You have a you have a, a issue at quarterback, right? Just take Will Levis. I, I felt like you could let him sit behind the two mid quarterbacks you already have in Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, and then he can take over at the end of the season. But they decided to go Kalaja Kansas. And I'm going to say I think this is a pick that's going to help against the Atlanta Falcons and, and, you know, pressure up the middle, right, with Vita Vea and Kalaja, but also against Bryce Young because, you know, that's where he's going to need the most uh, stability was on the interior offensive line. And um, I like the, the Servassier Dennis pick. Um, you know what I mean? Getting that linebacker who I think actually has a frame similar to a safety. Um, and then also getting Yaya Diaby. So I it's it's a, it's definitely a C, maybe C plus. I do like Cody Mock as well to continue to add talent to his offensive line. They just said we're punting on 2023 and we're going for Caleb or Drake May in 2024. I agree, man. Well, that wraps up the NFC, man. We handed out draft grades. You and I mean, if you listen to the right, we don't really care for the NFC South, man. There was some winners, right? The Packers. The Eagles, the Seahawks, they did a damn good job. But then there was a lot of other teams sprinkled in there. They did some good things. We handed out some Bs. Hopefully, we wasn't too tough on the NFC. Right, um, right. Some of these teams. But there were a lot of question marks, man, watching this draft in its entirety. Uh, that's we go. We handed out our grades, man. That's how we feel. We put it on wax. We said it. We talking to y'all. That's how we feel. We wait two to three years, and then y'all can question us about some of the things <laughs> we like and dislike. 
Not 100%, man. And as always, we appreciate y'all for sticking with us just through this entire draft cycle. But stick with us post-draft as well. We have a lot more content coming your way. Uh, tomorrow's episode, we got the AFC draft grades where we kind of get into maybe we get some more A's out of that group, you know what I mean, and see how well they did. But as always, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. We thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day. Thank y'all to the, all the everydayers. And if you're new, tap in and stay with us for uh, for, for for Twitter. I'm sorry. Uh, you can find Keith um, on Twitter at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.